Welcome back to Lux Insider with me your host Anita Khatri. This week I'm joined by a new guest. However, before I introduce her, here's a roundup of the happenings from last week. Boss Erswile Hugo Boss has roped in TikTok star Cabby Lame in a multi-year deal to star in their latest rebranding campaign. He's also set to design a capsule collection as part of his contract. generation z all the way with investments from reliance brands manish malhotra has now set his sights to open an international brick and mortar store either in the usa uk or the uae where his brand has a huge following french luxury conglomerate kering announced the sale of the luxury swiss brands ulis naden and girard perego These watch brands are no longer a part of the conglomerate which otherwise owns Gucci, Saint Laurent, Balenciaga, Bottega Veneta and others. It may be that these watch brands will thrive outside of a conglomerate like Kering which is used to the fast-paced world of fashion where trends, capsules, collaborations and numerous collections must be churned out within a year's time. It will allow both Gerard Perego and Ulis Nade to operate at a pace more in line with the intricacies and slower craftsmanship of the watch industry it would be of high regard to own a sandro botticelli painting in the art world and while many of the painters works are displayed in museums only a rare few make it to private collections one such painting to recently come under the hammer was the man of sorrows The painting was sold for 45 million US dollars at Sotheby's New York auction making it the painter's second highest sale ever. That's all from the news from the past week and now to the focus of this week's episode. I'm joined by a new guest a renowned celebrity stylist Isha Amin. She has worked with the who's who in Bollywood from Saif Ali Khan, Akshay Kumar, the late actress Sri Devi, Karishma Kapoor to today's younger lot of actors Kartik Aryan, Ishan Kattar and others. Moreover, she adorns many hats. Isha has been the fashion director for Miss India organization for a few seasons. She's the only Indian stylist featured in Pita's vegan fashion campaign. Adorning the entrepreneurial hat, she founded her style consultancy, the Style Elevator. As the name suggests, her consultancy has an expertise in styling for luxury Indian weddings, day-to-day wardrobe management, personal shopping, style analysis, amongst other services. Oh yes, she also has her own label, the Isha Amin label. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Let's hear straight from Isha. So Isha, thank you for joining us. Hey Anita, hi you guys. Thank you so much for having me here. So Isha, my very first question: How did you stumble on this career of celebrity stylist? Where and how did this journey begin? So honestly, uh, celebrity styling was not something that I had imagined that I would get into. 
I graduated in uh, fashion and apparel design from uh, uh, NIFT Bombay. And, uh, you know, I was, a, I was a fashion design graduate. So I worked uh, with a European export house uh, that manufactured for various international brands. And, uh, you know, my job kind of uh, uh, allowed me to keep traveling to uh, various parts of uh, Europe. And uh, I remember in one of those visits, you know, I was sitting uh, on the lanes of Paris and I just realized that, you know, there is so much that people do with uh, putting looks together. You know, it's not just about wearing one designer outfit head to toe. Uh, it doesn't have to be a designer outfit that, you know, that you need, that you wear. It, it's also about how, what you team it up with, what kind of shoes, what kind of bags, what uh, kind of hair and makeup, you know, it's, it's, it's an entire vibe that you create. And that is something that I was missing. You know, I was, I was working as a designer and I wanted to, uh, I kind of started leaning towards uh, styling with all those beautiful VM windows and so much that, you know, the, the streets in Paris were just like, you know, uh, a runway, you know, people were just walking as they're walking in the runway. They're so well-dressed. So that's what kind of inspired me to come back and try something more. And, uh, and yes, I tried, I tried styling, uh, just as like one of those temporary things that I would just want to do because I've been meaning to explore it, not knowing that I would stick around for, uh, the next 13 years. That's, I mean, this is like my 13th year in styling. So, so it was the capital of fashion in the world that inspired you. That inspired. That's, <laughs> That's right. so wonderful. That's right. So wonderful to know that. Yes, it's all about the total look, which matters, you know, that impacts. So were there some challenges that you faced along the way? Can you can you share with us? Well, uh, well, I, you know what? I mean, I am somebody who loves challenges. I love uh, I, I love it when my life is not monotonous. I hate, uh, I'm somebody who could never do a desk job. So I'm, uh, I'm always constantly, when there is no chaos in my life, I feel like there is something missing, you know, <laughs> there has to be, there has to be action. There has to be chaos. There has to be like multiple things happening at a time. And I feel like I'm, I'm someone who's always up for challenges. And I have like this whole childlike energy when it comes to something new that I've never done before. So yes, there have been a lot of challenges uh, because it was a new line of, uh, uh, it was a new career that I picked on and uh, um, entering into styling without any sort of, a, uh, you know, support within the industry definitely had me uh, uh, struggle quite a bit uh, to find my own fee, to, you know, build my clients, to, uh, you know, uh, get to know people in the industry to even get to know how things work in the industry because, uh, uh, you know, from the time that we started off as, uh, or rather I started off as a stylist, uh, uh, appearances and uh, uh, red carpets were not as big as it exactly. is today. There were film shoots. Yeah, there were film shoots. There were uh, other uh, kinds of shoots, editorials and stuff, but not so much of red carpets. So uh, appearances became like a thing. So we've kind of learned it you know as uh, as with the journey if i may add on that i don't know exactly which year you uh, stepped into the world of styling uh, you know that would be interesting to find that out but styling to get i would imagine that it would have been with the editorial shoots that you that's right started 
Okay. So, so no, if you I, I don't get start with editorials. Okay. It was a con appearance for the picard that I, I was I was first assisting uh, on. And there were no things like there was nothing like an airport look. Uh, when it came to red carpet, we had very few limited like award nights or maybe say uh, you know there were no multiple film promotions. There weren't. Uh, uh personal appearances there were no paparazzi at that time you know what i mean paparazzi writing who's wearing what that wasn't there was no social media like instagram uh social media was i think the most happening thing back in the time when i started it was 2010 when i got into styling i think facebook was the only social media that people kind of had uh so there was no paparazzi writing there were no blogs writing about uh, uh i think there was that time when just miss malini had started she was probably one of the first bollywood bloggers that we had in the country we didn't have to worry so much about uh, actors repeating shoes actors repeating a pair of jacket or shoes or whatever that they have it wasn't so much of a stress uh you know what was more important is uh, uh making sure that they are well dressed at the red carpet for whatever award night that they are going for but uh, having said that um, uh, so i started off with ads i started off with uh, multiple things i started off assisting uh, uh, you know uh, a stylist called gautam kalra at lakme fashion week i started off assisting anita with uh, uh, celebrity styling uh, which involved a lot of ads and uh, uh, you know award nights and stuff uh but you know movie promotions were not such a big thing back then people wouldn't have to you know movie promotions like they happen today uh it wasn't as big back then so yeah so uh, there was a limitation when it came to celebrity dressing people mostly uh sourced for red carpet gowns like today we're sourcing for like the most casual look like for a zoom interview for an actor like for you know the most simplest of things is what we're also looking into So what I'm hearing is that basically this world of digitalization and social media has transformed the game of styling completely. Yes, yes. Of course you mentioned a few things already to us but uh, if I had to compare uh, you know styling then in 2010 versus styling now in 2022 how would you put together a look for a celebrity? Would there be difference uh, between then and now? So yes, absolutely. I think styling back in 2010 was about uh, uh, only dressing up for the red carpet only dressing up for say the premiere of the movie or only dressing up or using a stylist when you have an ad or a film shoot but styling in 2022 is dressing up for everything even if you're doing a you know like a social media post for uh for anything you know if you have to be seen be it online offline uh wherever you know if you have to be seen stepping out to go buy a smoothie from you know a popular uh coffee shop or just for a dubbing or just for anything for that matter you need to be seen uh dressed in a certain way you need to be you need to be seen uh like you're well put together so right from your everyday sneakers to your joggers so you know today we work with actors in more more into building their style more into building their wardrobe we work on uh uh putting together a wardrobe for them which they can uh, uh you know utilize for every public appearance online or offline whatever that they make uh whereas back then we were only focused on 
getting them ready for a certain event for a certain shoot but here it's 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 a entire thing you know even when we travel for personal uh trips we're constantly shopping for our clients uh, we know whose style is what it, because there's constant paparazzi and there is there is so much of a uh, need to not be repeating your clothes or even if you repeat it has to be done in the most uh, uh interesting way so that you don't look like uh you know you don't know what to do when it comes to dressing up so there is a whole lot of thought that goes behind uh, uh, uh get, you know getting a celebrity out there today for sure two things uh, come to my mind and i was smiling when i was listening to you because then this can be easily called as the era of uh, stylist because uh, Uh, more demand for stylist and uh, uh, much more opportunity for stylist or any any uh, beginner to get into the styling as a, as a career that was one part and the second thing that i it would be that much more tougher when you say that you are actually helping celebrities to make their uh, wardrobe uh, you know also it would get demanding for you to source from brands so it would have been far easier i am presuming ha huh? please correct me and enlighten me with your uh, expertise that sourcing from brands in 2010 would have been comparatively easier than sourcing from brands from luxury brands i'm referring to uh, you know or collaborating with luxury brands how difficult it is versus then and now back then you know we had very few limited uh, international brands who kind of had some prs or some uh representation in india and we would uh, uh easily get pieces from them right but today what's happened is and they they were more than happy to dress like the big names which is even today bigger the celebrity better the brands who want to dress them so uh but today where the game has changed is uh you know with so much going on and with so many celebrities and and there being a demand for even like casual pieces to be sourced and most probably if they could be international nothing like it so the demand has become so huge that uh, our work is not just limited to uh, sourcing from uh, uh, designers who are accessible to india but reaching out to uh, brands and designers in the uh, in the farthest of cities you know be it uh, uh you know be it reaching out to design some lebanon designer sitting somewhere somebody in eastern europe somebody in you know so uh we kind of uh, work round the clock now earlier we would probably have like say the malls shut and you know our job is done uh having said that today my team works say in the day they are working with indian designers in the night they're speaking to designers in the us so it is uh, literally uh become such a vast game that uh, you can't you you just have to be able to reach out to anyone anywhere around the world and all they want is images of a celebrity wearing them tagging them they just want you know that's enough for anyone to get marketing and publicity for their brand right or to reach out to an indian audience uh, so a lot of these uh, film industries are not as big as bollywood Okay, of course, there is Hollywood, there is Bollywood, and uh, you know, and multiple other uh, countries have their own regional uh, film industries, which aren't as vast as this. So, uh, so Bollywood still does have a standing uh, when it comes to uh, a, a lot of designers across various countries because they 
do have uh, some sort of uh, influence on them and uh, uh, which is why our job today has multiplied many times because we're not just looking at designers who are available here or who have a rep- representative in India. We're actually reaching out to designers and we want to reach out to newer designers and brands who no one else has reached out to yet. Uh, so there's a constant hunt that we're doing, you know, which is exciting at the same time. It is a hell lot of work to do. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, world is your market now. World is your market. It's no longer India only. Your Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's offline stores, online stores, so many things. You know, there are multiple avenues that we're trying to uh, tap into and source from. And yeah, so. Quite a sounds like quite a lot of hard work, yeah, right. a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I heard that you were mentioning uh, about uh, luxury brands will be most receptive when it is a celebrity wearing uh, something, and you're sourcing for a celebrity, which is an A-lister. But what happens if it is a celebrity which is just or just a newcomer who's stepping into the world of Bollywood? So would luxury brands open to such kind of sourcing? So basically, uh, of course, uh, uh, a lot of uh, luxury brands uh, are more than happy to dress like prominent celebrities, established ones. Uh, but uh, strangely, now, uh, you know, when it is a newcomer, they're still open to dressing them up. Uh, of course, they look at a lot of factors, you know, be it uh, which banner is uh, launching, uh, you know, this uh, debutant, who uh, is he or she a star child? Uh, because then they know that, you know, they are going to be seen and uh, uh, promoted in a big way. So there are a lot of factors. They also look up uh, who is this person? How do they look? Do they have a great personality? Do they Have they been wearing a lot of luxury brands? So all of these factors kind of matter for a brand to decide to uh, dress a newcomer. But at the same time, you know, uh, we do. We don't limit ourselves to just uh, reaching out to luxury brands who are who have a pres- presence in India. We try, or or you know, who have a rep, uh, kind of a name within the Indian audience. We try and reach out to brands which are very unheard of designers, which are very unheard of, but is great talent, and they're uh, you know uh, really in some countries where not many of us would. Uh, uh, reach out to uh, in terms of shopping and stuff. So we kind of reach out to designers in Beirut and so many places. It's, uh, a, you know, like like you said, the world is your market today. So if, if we don't manage the bigger names here, we know that we definitely can reach out to names uh, uh, where, where there's a lot of young international talent who would be interested in this kind of marketing where uh, social media can help them in a big way. For stylists who are just beginning their career, because as a stylist, if you are not having the name, today, everybody knows who Isha Amin is. So it gets a little bit easier, maybe, that when you talk to a luxury brand and ask for sourcing, they probably will not ask you so many questions. But people, uh, stylists who are just beginning their career, if they knock at the door and they say, like, I want to dress a newcomer because, you know, they are starting their career. They obviously are not dressing an A-lister. They will dress the newcomer. So can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So, yes, there is a certain kind of a credibility that goes with the stylist that you pick. So, for example, if you know, the brand also, because there is a certain relation that we maintain with brands, we have been maintaining over the past 10, 11 years. We have been 
retaining our relations with various designers. Uh, we've been, um, you know, attending fashion shows for them, doing posts for them, helping them with our A-lister clientele, uh, you know, uh, wearing their pieces, etc. So when it comes to uh, uh, us reaching out to them for a newcomer, yes, there is a certain... Uh, uh, difference because uh, when there is an absolutely unknown stylist who would come to them, they would probably think twice. But if it is someone like us who's already worked with them on multiple uh, uh, projects and has already has seen the collection and has identified what a certain newcomer could look could look great in, and when we kind of convince them, you know, it's 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 a lot to do with your relations with how you could convince a certain brand uh, to be a part of a certain collaboration. It does make a difference when you have certain relations with these designers. It is easier. Each stylist has its own way of getting through certain designers. So uh, you're right. I mean, if you if I reach out to say a Gucci that, hey, look, this is somebody I see promising who could fit into your brand, they will, they will look at it considering... Uh, our past relations where I have given them certain appearances which which really worked well for them. So there is going to be a certain, uh, how do you say, preference there uh, in being able to source because I have already seen certain pieces. I've already seen the collection. I I know what I want. I, I have access to it. Maybe some of the pieces are already with me and hasn't worked for my A-lister client and I know that it'll fit in here. So then the brands do kind of, uh, uh, you know, they are happy to explore. They are happy to experiment or take a chance with someone new and see if that really works. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, sourcing for a newcomer has various ways of permutations and combinations that you can play with in terms of getting your way around. And uh, there are many, many ways to do that today. And you were talking about styling. The one question which I would not uh, uh, go without asking you was, is there any actor that, you know, who's easy to style with? Who who has been very easy for you to style? And which project was the most difficult and why? I'll tell you. Uh, so one of my, I think currently somebody who I really find very easy going to work with is Neera Chopra. Uh, uh, the you know, the Olympic gold winner. So I think with him, uh, what I love about him is uh, he's very open to uh, ideas that you present. He's very easygoing. Also being, you know, somebody from the sports uh, background, sports people are always very different from uh, Bollywood in the way they kind of uh, are receptive to ideas. So I think he's somebody who I find is very easygoing, uh, at least currently amongst my clients. Saif Ali Khan is quite easygoing. I've enjoyed working with him quite a bit. And amongst uh, uh, difficult... Most difficult ones and or something which is a project which, which you'll never be able to forget. It has been the toughest for you. So it's actually a web series that I'm currently working on. <laughs> <laughs> where the brief keeps changing every day, but I don't think I'm going to talk about it now until it kind of goes on floor. But uh, having said that, I think one of the one of the challenging movies that I did, which you know, when the I when it came to me, I I, I was a little uh, uh, surprised as to would would I be able to manage it. That was Singh's Bling, you know. 
I uh, it was my first movie and a star like Akshay Kumar and uh, you know somebody who has no understanding. I'm I'm the South Indian who has no understanding of what a pagdi and a patka and a all of that is and how to tie it and all of that. So it was a lot of learning. I I learned a lot of things about uh, the culture, about the history, about various kinds of pagdis, about... Uh, uh, so there was a lot that I researched on. So it was a great learning. It was a challenge, which was fun, which seemed difficult initially. But um, while exploring it, I realized that if it's done right, it's it's really not so much of a challenge. It wasn't so difficult. But uh, yes, it was something that I did uh, have to put in an extra bit in. So you mentioned to us uh, uh, that, you know, styling a sports personality versus uh, Bollywood is uh, far easier. That's what I hear. It's not far easier. Uh, I'll put it this way. Bollywood has is is used to facing the camera, is used to knowing what works for them, what doesn't work for them. A lot of Bollywood stars are very well, uh, they have an understanding because this is what they do, right? They face the camera, they're always dressing up for shoots. So they do have a fair bit of understanding on what works for them, what doesn't work for them. And that gives us uh, more uh, uh, clarity and that kind of gives us a lot of inputs from their end. Whereas uh, with sports people, a lot of them are, are not so used to dressing up. For them, it's, you know, they're used to carrying their own bags for their tournaments. They're used to tying their own shoes. So a lot of the sports people don't come with that kind of an exposure when it comes to styling and dressing up. They, of course, love their uh, uh, sportswear brands. They love their sneakers. They love. So these are some common fa- things that we always see amongst them. Um, sports celebrities but a lot of sports people are more open to ideas because they're more like a canvas that you can like a blank canvas that you can play with in different ways versus uh certain uh, uh you know stars. versus yeah with with bollywood they're I, more I receptive like they know they know what works for them so then it kind of makes you kind of puts you in that direction that okay whereas in sports they come in like that blank frame that look we'll just go with what you say so that kind of a thing. So, you know, you mentioned about, you know, how uh, Bollywood already knows what they want or, you know, they know how to uh, pose in front of camera. How do you manage to balance this style requirement, expertise versus that what the celebrity may feel very strongly about? You know, the ce- celebrity or a Bollywood actor may f- say that, no, I don't like white. And you may feel that, okay, for styling him in white would complement him. So how do you balance that? I think there's always going to be a creative, I, I you know, it's healthy to have like a, a creative debate on things because if that's not happening, then you're doing something wrong. That's what I feel. So, uh, uh, of course, uh, you know, Bollywood stars, they do have a certain uh, a fair bit of idea of what uh, works for them and what doesn't work for them. Uh, but it's it's you as a stylist who has to make sure that you bring in something new for them that that they haven't tried before because uh, uh, you know uh, like you said it is it's it's not a it's not so uh, they're not so difficult to uh, uh, taking ideas as long as you prove it say so say if you're trying to push white on an actor who never wears white then you get a white you uh, you know get them to try it. 
You style it in a way that white doesn't feel boring to them at all. Maybe you throw on some pop-colored accessories, uh, you know, a pop-colored shoe. So you just uh, kind of work around with them in a way that they have to feel comfortable about the trend that you're trying to get them in. Because eventually, if an actor is not comfortable wearing what they're wearing, it's going to show on their face. So your first uh, most important thing is fine. It's it's great that this is a trend and you want your client to kind of adapt to that. But at the same time, you have to make sure that they adapt it when they're perfectly comfortable uh, owning it, you know, like wearing it because uh, that's, uh, that's, that's so important. Yes, so your expertise and uh, their uh, demands can kind of meet at some point if it is done the right way. So healthy debates are always, always important when you're in any sort of creative industry. Agreed. Any message for our younger audiences interested in taking up styling as a career? Well, uh, you know, I would say just focus on learning the work first, you know. Don't just get into styling to become a social media influencer or to just get a tag from or credits from whoever you're planning to work with because that's not the end of uh, that's getting a getting a credit on someone's page does not mean you've achieved style you know you've become a stylist it's it's important that you first learn the learn the job learn the job learn how this industry works patience is important because I, uh, the only challenge that I face today is that uh, anyone who comes in first wants Instagram credits. And uh, I'm like, you know, there was a time when we started when there was no Instagram. We worked day in and out and not having anyone give us any credits anywhere. But, you know, somewhere I feel like, leave aside, those credits will happen. They will happen eventually. They will happen when you've, uh, you know, learned the job, but start focus on learning, learning this line of work because it is hectic and forget your weekends. If you're getting into celebrity styling, it is a line of work that we work, uh, we, we work kind of round the clock. So, you know, so your client is first, client always comes first. So uh, keep that in mind, you know, even if you have to be, uh, you uh, you know, like down to earth, humble about uh, doing uh, odd things like tying a shoelace for an actor. It's it's fine, you know. Uh, it's it's all a part of uh, styling. You have to carry heavy shopping bags. It's all a part of styling. I'm sure the aspirational stylist will thank you for the uh, detailed, uh, uh, you know, words that you have said and shared with us. What is your favorite luxury item that you own currently? So currently, it's been one of my recent uh, buys. It's the Gucci Aria 2022. Uh, it's a bag from the Gucci Aria 2022 collection. It's called the Horse Pit. So it's inspired from uh, uh, the races, the horse races, the derbies. Uh, it's it's quite interesting. It's got like the whole paddock pattern and stuff. It's it's interesting. I think that's it's uh, it, it's 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 black in color with uh, um, you know hot pink and uh, neon green and uh, uh, orange. As uh, it, it's it's like this bag which kind of works with so many different uh, uh, 
things that you could wear and it is a limited edition so uh you know you it, it's an unusual gucci so i think I, i kind of enjoy pieces like that which you won't see too often you describe it so well that i'm just curious <laughs> to go and have a look at the bag you now. should you should <laughs> totally you i will should. do that it, at the first glance you know somebody would be like oh it's beautiful but so many colors in a bag i don't know if i'm going to be able to wear it but you know people are very like uh, they have this thing about i'll buy a black bag a gold bag a tan bag and that's about it you know these colors i know how to play with them but uh, this is as tricky as it may look in the first place i'm telling you it is one of those pieces that you can play with in so many ways and it's it's going to work it's going to work uh, in- i'm sure to check this out <laughs> and i'm sure m- many listeners also would go and check out so what about any luxury item that you aspire to add to your existing collection wow uh, that's a long list <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> I think there is uh uh this purse from the new Bottega uh collection which I'm uh which I'm looking at uh adding to my adding to my uh, wardrobe very soon. It's this beautiful green uh, which uh, they've kind of uh, done for the first time and I'm uh, yeah and I'm looking at uh, adding that to my collection very soon. I'm sure you'll do that very soon and uh, you'll enjoy the same. Thank you. Be a conscious of the time. Thanks, Isha. Thank you. You're welcome. It was it was a pleasure being here. Thank you so much for having me. And that was Isha Amin. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Lux Insider. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week. Until then, I'm your host Anita Khatri, and of course, follow this podcast if you aren't already.